It's time for NRL Supercoach Roundtable Discussion. We go a little bit deeper in our quest for victory. Now, here's your hosts, Holly G, Ryan MS, Peter Hanson, and Andrew Yes, very well. Welcome out there. Thursday evening, or by the time you're listening to it, probably Friday or the weekend, but it is the Supercoach Professionals Roundtable podcast, and it's uh, great to have you along uh, listening. Uh, Pete, with us as always, how are you, mate? Oh, I'm great, thanks, Paul. How are you? Yeah, doing well, doing well. And a special guest, Oscar Vieira, filling in for us this week with a couple of men down, and we go to the bench, but it's a pretty it's a pretty stacked bench. I feel like Trent Robinson, Oscar. You've uh, been involved with Supercoach uh, pretty much since the, the early days, and it's good to have you on board. Thanks. Uh, thank you, Paul. It's great to be here. Yeah, we've got a lot to get to, and it is the uh, the week where we go head to head. So a big a big week, and we've got a great Twitter question we're going to get to shortly. But uh, I guess, Pete, I start with you with the. Um, the fact, going to the head-to-head, and we're looking now at that strategy. We're starting to look at which players we're going to play any given week. What's the matchup like? Uh, looking at our captains, and and this is really when we've got to sort of focus now. We've got a few weeks. It's only a, a small sample size, but we're already seeing, like the last couple of years, South Sydney very strong defensively. Not a lot of Super Coach points giving up. Um, I guess you know when we look at look at who we're going to play each and every week, we're looking at those matchups and who they're playing. Absolutely, definitely, you know, just because you've got a, a good attacking player in your team. It, um, for example, if you'd have one of the Tigers uh, backs who performed so well against uh, the Dragons the previous Monday, you have to look at the quality of their opposition that they're up against last Sunday where the where the Tigers, despite a wonderful effort, were only able to put together one uh, one try, and that was a, a go from dummy half from the ever-reliable in uh, super coach uh, Robbie Farrow. So, yeah, you've got to take your opposition into account, that's for sure. Oscar, just reading it out here, these stats, only three games played. The Rabbitohs are giving up 629 Supercoach points per game, and the Cowboys, who are coming last, are giving up 855 points. It's a massive discrepancy. Oh, huge discrepancy. But um, I think since GI has taken over the captaincy, the team seems to be playing, believe it or not, I think, to another sort of intensity. I mean, last week, poor James Tedesco, it just seemed as though G.I. was just singling him out and just absolutely going for him as if he knew that if he shut down Tedesco and his attacking threat, that somehow that would nullify the Tigers. And you just look. Look, if a guy like G.I. is in that sort of form, it can't help but lift the rest of the players around him. And considering he's the man right at the back, of course it's going to bring up the rest of the fence with him. Yeah, and he's you know such a player held in such high esteem as well. And and the thing of it is, when you, when you look at the Rabbitohs, Pete, that, that you know you can bring in a number that, of those players because they are playing at that consistent level. It's almost I almost feel like last year Sam Burgess was sort of the face of the team almost got a lot of publicity, a lot of press. They are, the rest of the team almost feel like you know what we're good too. We can do this without him. But that's how it feels like. Well, exactly, and don't forget. Um missing last week was John Sutton, who was previously club captain. And if you'd said, you know, South Sydney, like 12 or 18 months ago, would play a really strong game without Sam Burgess and without John Sutton, I think a few people would have thought you had, you had rocks in your head. But they've come up with some really good young players to come in and take the spot. And 
yeah, like you said, it's uh, the others have stepped up, and yeah, it's a bit of bit of Sam Hu and John Hu for last week anyway. <laughs> the um, it's interesting you mentioned Greg Inglis Oscar because they play the Eels this week, the Rabbitohs. Now a couple of weeks ago, Brett Morris put up massive numbers, and Inglis obviously that same sort of type of player, the same body type from the back. You would think he could have a field day against the Eels and put up another three-figure score. Which you know, when we talk about captains and trying to find your right captain, if he's if he's already in your team, you've got to be thinking, you know, put the C next to his name this week. Well, yeah. Well, actually, that's exactly what I've done this week. <laughs> Just looking at uh, looking at that matchup. Yeah, I think especially on the edges when you start you start looking at some of the, you know, the halves that Para has, maybe you just think if G.I. just gets around one of his blokes in the back line and really hones in on one of those smaller guys, you just can't, you can't see how the Para back line is going to be able to stop a bloke like G.I., especially in the, yeah, the form he's in. I mean, the, the big blokes, even a team like the Roosters would struggle to, you know, shut him down at the moment. But, I, you know, in saying that, the Eels have shown in patches good aggression. I mean, in round one, they were very aggressive, got up in the faces of their opponents. So you never know. There could there could be there could be a surprise. But honestly and truly, I doubt it. The the bunnies just look too good at the moment. They got manly by surprise a little bit, but they've come up with two big packs in a row, and the Bulldogs and the, and the Warriors, and 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 yeah, it's hard to see how you how you just turn that around in a week. You've got another monster pack that you've got to deal with. I, I just I just think it's a great great opportunity. Some of those Souths players that they may run away with this one and make make hay with some big super coach points. Um, looking at let's talk, go to our Twitter question early today because it's a really good one from uh, Stephen Ritztivsky. There it's at Stephen underscore Risto. Um, he wants to make some trades. Now, we've talked a bit about trade strategy, and we'll get into more detail in a moment. Um, obviously, leading into this week, we've been pretty active with the trades to this point. The trades he wants to make, or is thinking about making, Brendan Santee out at 134000 and Chris Griezmann out at one fifteen. Uh, from the Tigers and Rabbitohs, respectively. A couple of, of handy bench players there, not getting a lot of minutes. Uh, in Danny Wicks for Parramatta, who's uh, you know an interesting cheapie there at 133000 And Kelopi Tanganoa from the Cowboys, 133000 Also, um, who both have put up some reasonable points. But, but, Pete, when we look at these sort of trades now that we're into the head-to-head, it, we're really looking at trades that make a big difference and a big impact because... If you keep eating into those trades and keep trying to find that next winner, you'll you look around and, and Origin or just after Origin, you'll be out of them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think this uh, young, uh, I find it hard to pronounce his name, Chris uh, Greavesmall from the, from the Rabbitohs. I thought when he was on last week um, against the Tigers, he had a pretty good game. Um, Charity Shield is, is fantastic for, for the Bunnies. Um, and early in the year, he's, he's been going pretty well, so not getting a lot of minutes, but as time progresses... I think you'll find that he will get more time. Uh, mm. um, Maguire will give him more responsibility. And plus, when you do have Origin coming up, you'll have blokes like Chris, uh, Chris McQueen will be missing uh, more than likely. And so, and you never know when an injury is around the corner. I think this young fellow will certainly get a lot more time, as will Santi for the Tigers. I was quite impressed by him the other day. Aaron Woods has been ruled out today. Um, we record this show on a Thursday, of course, and um, Brennan Santi should should 
be the recipient of some more game time. He, he not only models his game on him, he seems to model his look on him with that long flowing hair, um, Brendan Sandy. So we might see an uptick for him as soon as this week. So it's a bit hard to convince of, of, of making that trade. But Oscar, Danny Wicks is a name that sort of a lot of, I guess, super coach owners are, are looking to this week. But, but when you look at those cheapies that you want to bring in, I think maybe like centre and wingers could be a better option than, than your forwards. You're looking for more stud performers in, in the, I think in the forwards and the backs is where you can find find a few cheapies. Oh, definitely. And I think, you know, we've heard in the preseason how the refs were going to allow, uh, well, try and get the play, the ball moving a bit quicker. I think definitely reiterates what you're saying there. But on Danny Weeks, I just think he's been out for a while and it's it's almost like a player who's done an ACL or out with a long-term injury. It takes time to get back to full intensity. And the only way you get that is game time under your belt. And he hasn't had that much game time. No. Perhaps, you know, towards the tail end of the season, you know, when he's got a few minutes under his legs, we might see a bit more sharpness, a bit more, you know, of the player we saw a few, you know, a couple of years ago. But at the moment at that price, I just don't think that uh, he's value for money, to be honest with you. I don't, I don't think that he's going to go up as much as perhaps they anticipate. Obviously, he will make money. He's, he's, I think he's due to make a, maybe even thirty to 40000 this week alone. But without getting those minutes, you've really got to have a lucky try as a front rower, really, or something like that to, to get your numbers up in any other way. There's just no... They're not those high-impact positions. But, you know, we look at, at the trades that we're looking at making, I guess, at this time of the, the year now that was sort of the big rounds um, for trying to get a couple of guys that are really going to rise, like your Sia Soliolas, um, as kind of done, you, they've moved up. Um, you might be looking at someone like a Ryan Hoffman, who's due to a couple more pay rises, but is also going to be a stud in your lineup ongoing. Um, or you can look at someone like a Daly Terry Evans or a Matt Moylan, who had a, a, a below-par round one, but a very good round two and round three. So yes, they, they'll cost you a bit more than you could have got them a round ago, but you'll get that bump next week. So maybe you're trying to eke out one more. You find you know one more sort of two-trade two round before you start going really conservative with those trades and try to get that money that way with some of your bigger names. I think when you're starting to trade in and out cheapies, you might end up doing that all season. You're trying to hit on the next big thing when reality is only one or two ever really kick on per year. Your Albert Kelly's from a couple of years ago or Ben Hunt from last year it's pretty rare we see a guy if we see a bunch of these cheapies that become buzz buzz uh, cheapies i guess you'd say um, each and every week really kick on and become viable starters week in week out so i think at this time of the year look at just keeping those when you make those trades they're very they're very critical trades and if you don't have an injury maybe make them with with more of your you're looking to those each and uh, every week starters rather than those guys that are on the lower end unless it's an obvious oh this guy's gonna you know may as well break the bank for and that goes straight into uh, a couple of guys i want to talk about actually um i'll start with you pete you and aitken for the saints a huge game last week and that's a guy that another performance like that you would break the bank for next week i think go and make that trade absolutely this young fella as I mentioned on the show before, he's originally from the Marimbula Pamela Bulldogs down the far south coast of New South Wales, the Group 16 comp. Played very, very well in the under-20s last year. Reminded me a lot of Mark Gasnion, so I'm very reluctant to rap players. But just his footwork and, and his class in the under-20s, I thought, gee, this guy's something else. And I've been 
um, wanting um, him to come along as I'd purchased him in my own uh, squad <laughs> prior to the season. And I knew that um, he was going to be good. And this is something you have to keep an eye out for, these late changes. Um, it was oh. only an hour before the game. Mate, that's why was. Twitter is, is, is your friend. You um, follow us on <laughs> Twitter at, at uh, Supercoach Pros. That's P-R-O-S. We tweet it before each and every game. So you, you do, do have to listen. And, and this show, we can help you out too. We'll say the coaches that like to make those changes. But, uh, yeah, nice nice little plug there. Yeah, very well done. Very well <laughs> done, mate. Yeah, I was too busy sitting in the crowd, and I, I should have been looking at your tweets. But, um <laughs> But no, he did extremely well. He may have been partly responsible for the uh, the Blake Austin tribe, which is a break from the scrum base. I think there was a breakdown in communication on his side. But the rest of the day, his footwork and speed were outstanding. He nearly scored a try of his own late in the game. And yeah, no, I thought he did a very good defensive effort um, up against, I think it was Jared Croker uh, for the Raiders. So no, I, I thought he was, he was really excellent. Uh, gained a lot of ground with runs from dummy half as well. So... No, I'd be getting him in uh, very, very quickly. And Oscar, one of the dangers, I guess, with um, some of these young players is, is whether they're going to get that continued opportunity. We've already seen in Penrith, George Jennings simply outstanding in weeks one and two, but as soon as the big-name Mansoor comes back, there's no room for him. Um, Aitken, on the other hand, I think the Dragons do need a bit more spark out wide. They've lacked um, a bit of potency in attack, and, and I think McGregor might be, might be quite happy to take a chance on, on a young player like Aitken. Oh, definitely. I think uh, to compare the uh, back line of Penrith and Saints, it's, I mean, two completely different propositions. I mean, I think Mansoor, in comparison to Jennings, in all due respect, I know his older brother is obviously quite a good player, but Mansoor, for me, should probably play, play Origin this year. The guy is absolutely electric and has got such such a strong centre of gravity that he can pretty much, even though being a small Half Portuguese, half Lebanese boy. My dad. He uh, he's a very um, he's an electric player. And but I think I think with the Saints, this is perfect. I mean, you could even say the last few years, well, pretty much since Gaznia, we'll make the comparison. You know, players like even like Stanley haven't kicked on and things like that. Maybe this kid is that kid that you know can bring Saints some that, sort of spark in the back line now that they've lost the. Morris, like uh, that's a huge loss. Maybe maybe this kid can go some way to plug that hole a little bit this year and grow into it to become that real superstar they need in that back line. And it's good we're talking about this because, of course, your team, the Sharks, Oscar, um, a guy we've raved about on this show sort of leading into the season, Jack Bird, finally looks like he's going to get a a spot in the starting 17. Um, Somewhere there, he's been named on a five-man bench, so we still don't know until we send out those tweets. But, uh, I mean, tell us a bit about Jack Bird from your perspective. You've sort of followed him quite closely. He, He looks like the real deal. Well, as a Sharks fan, I wasn't too much of a fan of him until he uh, made the jump over to the Shire. But uh, he's um, he's he's a he's a handy footballer. I was lucky enough to watch him uh, in person over in Auckland, and I just thought that uh, he he exudes professionalism on the ball. He doesn't try and do the flashy things. He keeps it simple. Plays the percentages. And to be honest, it's really refreshing to see that because a lot of young guys coming into first grade seem to want to really show everything they've got in their deck rather than just try and keep it simple, play percentage, not realising that at first grade level, do your job, 
that's what the coach wants you to do. Nothing more, nothing less. Just get your job done. And I think Jack Bird does that. And he's got a lot of versatility. He can't. He can play anywhere across the back line. He can play in the back row even. I mean, he's a very handy footballer to have in your team. And I honestly think, uh, I think, uh, well, I have more of a hope actually. I hope that he slots, slots into the number six and they move Ben Barber when he comes back somewhere else. Because I just, I, yeah, I think he's he's got the poise to really solidify Cronulla's structure. Well, it's, it's actually works out very well that you're, you're covering uh, Ryan and Andrew couldn't be with us tonight because I really wanted to get in depth a little bit about Cronulla on tonight's show because in my opinion, watching the Sharks, uh, all, all three games, sort of I'm, I'm doing doing the recaps for the Sharks this year on the on the website. You can find that, www.supercoachpros.com. Um, Cronulla are a team that I think they've got a good forward pack that don't get enough minutes. And Wade Graham, who plays like a 5'8 anyway, you move him out um, out there, you get give Hines some more minutes. Anthony Tupo's been impressive so far this year, give him more minutes. And then you look at a guy like Jack Bird who can come on, Maybe after the first 20, he can do the ball playing. He can play a bit wider. But like you say, he's got the build of a, of a back rower, really. I mean, he can, he can pretty much do anything. He is that sort of modern-day footballer archetype. Oh, definitely. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, I'm a fan of Wade Graham as a Sharks fan. But I have to say, at, at times at 5'8", I'm just, you know, the transition, you know, he's trying to be a you know, a, a back rower and then comes back to 5'8". I think there's a bit of confusion at times. I do enjoy the uh, left foot kick. I think that adds a bit of variety to Cronulla's game. However, I think that if you really wanted to, you could put him at first receiver anyway and do that on your fifth tackle option anyway. So I think I think going forward, I think Cronulla need They've made the decision that he's not a 5'8". I think they need to stick to him in the second row and... And blood players at number six that they think are going to be future because I think the, all these stopgap measures aren't really helping anyone to be honest. And I think I think a lot of times Flanagan takes the easy option. I mean, I mean that's quite obvious from a couple of years ago. But he takes the easy option, and I think <laughs> and I think that um, I think that they need to make the hard call, give Bird a uh, give Bird a crack, put him in there, and let's see how it goes. I mean, we lost Brown. In the preseason, that's a shame because that we would have had a genuine option there. He looked very good in the nines as well. Oh, no, Brown, Brown. Yeah. However, yeah, I just yeah, I'm not a big fan of bringing Wade Graham back to number six. It, it, you did you see, did, um, um, speaking of another Brown, Brown, Mitch Brown getting Brown, the start, start ahead of you know a guy yeah, like Valentine Holmes, um, um, and he was and he, he was quite. He was quite slow, stodgy. There was a chance they would have beaten Canberra probably if Holmes plays that game. There was a, a chance for a try and Jack White, and full credit to him, made a great tackle, try-saving tackle. But Brown just looked like he was running in quicksand and, and realistically, look, Mitch Brown's been a very good first grader for a number of years for quite a few clubs. Nothing against him, but when you compare him to those young players like Soasaya Fecky, Valentine Holmes, Jack Bird, the guys we're talking about, Ricky Lewataley, I, I just think, you know, like you say, you've got to start looking at some point, you to say, well, when do we turn to these younger players? Yeah, just, um, I, you know, I've, I've said this to a number of my friends. I think Flanagan, a lot of the time, takes the easy option, goes for experience, and I think it bites him, and it's bit him, like you said, against Canberra. I think how a player like Valentine Holmes doesn't get into your starting lineup when Cronulla for years has had a massive issue with their back line. 
and he brings something that the Sharks haven't had for a long time. Michael Gordon is a very, very good footballer, but he has not got that extra ability to go past a man, to really, like, Michael Gordon is not going to scare opposition's backline. Like, you've got to be, a shark, any Sharks fan will tell you that. But a guy like Valentine Holmes, if he's running at you, you there is some fear in there. It's not it's not at GI's level, but it's that sort of thing. You know, he's strong, he's fast, he's going to go at you and he wants to hurt you. Gordon doesn't have that same sort of penetration at the line. Yeah, the fullback in this era, since sort of Greg Inglis went back there and reinvented the position, has to be that sort of player, like a Brett Morris, um, like a James Tedesco. They they can't be timid running to the line. The Brett Stewart era, even Billy Slater era, is is pretty much gone. And, and as we've seen with Ben Barber, that type of player is definitely out the window. Oh, definitely. Uh, I mean, I think... I mean, they're, they're, we've got another small guy that can play at the back as well, Gardner. But I just, you just look at, you, you do wonder, even when they do make the changes next year to the interchange, if it does go down to six, whether the the little guy's game is gone. Because I still think, I still think you need a bit of size. Because the way people tackle you now up top, I just think, if your hands get wrapped up quickly, I just don't think that you're going to do that much damage at the line. Anyway. It's a good point, Peter. I did want to touch on it because uh, we've looked at how coaches use their benches um, throughout the first few weeks. And, and realistically, a lot of them, the, the, stru- the way they do it, it's very structured in its own way. I don't think bringing the interchange down is really going to change how they, they coach you know, and how they tactically go about the 80 minutes of the game because they often pocket one or two substitutions, keep them to the end. And the ones in the middle, that sometimes you see players sub at half-time, you know. There's flexibility there. I just wonder, if, you know, I know that we've talked about it off here a bit, that you've seen it the same way. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I, I really don't know. I, I, one thing I dislike about the modern games I've said in the past is, is the, and you touched on it there a moment ago, um, is the lack of small players we have in the game. I don't want this game to become simply a game for a bash and barge um, of big blokes um, running over the top of, a, of another big bloke. And uh, like, for example, someone told me the other day that Mitchell Pearce has a higher playing weight than his father, who was a lock forward, did. Mm, um, which is an incredible stat when you think about it. Um, I don't want the era of a Billy Slater top at fullback to end. Um, you know, I want to see those little blokes uh, come back and put footwork on the big blokes. I want them to be at the back end of a game testing out the fitness of these big fellas rather than just having a, a monotonous run of, of large forwards coming off the bench. Uh, and it does bite teams occasionally. For example, on uh, Sunday when Dylan Walker uh, injured his hand and is now subsequently out for three weeks, he basically had to stay out there because... All of the bench players were forwards. There was no real, or there was no real option at, at centre at all for the bunnies um, to to replace him. So I don't know. I I personally would like to see the interchange brought down to see what happens. If no change, then maybe we go back to six. There is the issue of player safety, of course, with uh, with the number of interchanges. But um, a little bit more paranoia about that. Um, in recent years, but yeah, I would personally like to see it drop to six or eight. 
it will be interesting. We've got to keep an eye on it if it does get dropped down because we may even see this year, towards the back end of this year, if, if teams start planning towards that, if players start playing more minutes and how it affects your super coach team because we already see with the Sharks, what we just talked about with Oscar before, if they do go with those younger um, players, I think there's a big uptick for their players that are already starting, like Fecky and Luatelli, who still can put up those big games. I think their their chances of higher points improve. And when you look at um, a team, you know, like, well, we've talked about Billy Slater, maybe he's the exception, he can still put up those big points. But when we start seeing, you know, a change to how the interchange works, that will affect Supercoach as well. So it is an interesting topic from both an NRL's perspective and a, and a Supercoach perspective. And one that we should just keep following on the show. Um, Oscar, look, we've reached reached the end of the show. Thanks so much for uh, coming in and uh, um, subbing in for us this week. Hopefully we can uh, do it again down the road. No, thanks, Paul. Thanks for having me. I hope I didn't bore the listeners too much, but uh, thank you. Oh, I don't think so at all. I think we've got a lot of very valuable information that uh, hopefully everyone can use out there for this weekend ongoing. Pete, thank you so much. We will see your Pete's profits on the um, on the website this week. You, uh, if anyone took your advice, they would have been a little bit uh, richer uh, on the weekend. A good job, well done there, Pete. So you got you got to follow us on online www.supercoachpros.com. Well done, mate. Yeah. I'll be out there trying my best. It is pretty hard, but yes, um, I'll be out there trying, that's for sure. Well, if you can nail that one once every few weeks, you'd be more than happy. But uh, just, hey, all we can do is give the advice and uh, a bit of information, and then, of course, you make your own judgments from there, as we say with Supercoach as well. And don't forget uh, the review wrap-up show on uh, will come on Sunday as well there that I do with uh, Ryan MS and... Uh, don't forget, of course, to follow us on Twitter. You can ask us questions anytime. We'll uh, um, endeavour to respond as soon as possible. We'll have all those tweets out before each game, as we said, with any late changes. And we'll see you next week on the Roundtable podcast. Bye for now. <laughs>